Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's podcast of comics and graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald, the graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And you can check us out on social media everywhere at PW Comics World. Uh, today, I am talking to Lance Fensterman, the... Uh, the honcho, the maestro, the czar of read pop, uh, the the international man of mystery. We're we're literally Lance. We're literally catching you as you're about to jump on a plane to put out some trouble, international trouble. Uh. <laughs> I wish it was something really like important, like I was doing aid work, you know, in, in a foreign country. Uh. Fortunately, it's just uh, the life of a road warrior geek, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, you are. Uh, the road warrior, uh, you know, life that you lead takes you to many far-flung places now. Uh, uh, where are some of the countries you've been in the last, uh, you know, few weeks? <laughs> so, I, actually, I was in Paris yesterday. So that country is France, I guess. You ask countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next week, I'll be in Australia. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, I'll be in uh, China and Singapore, and uh, you name it. Um, you name it, I've been there lately, I suppose, <laughs> except for home. So. Uh, you know, Lance, I feel like this podcast should really just to be about travel tips. You know, how do you pack? I yeah. mean, maybe some suggestions <laughs> for gear that you take with you. Uh, you know, so if you have... <laughs> do you want my most honest, honest piece of advice? It's a bit, It's a bit crass, but I think it's very good advice if you want it. Yes, please. If you have access to an airport lounge, um, always poop in the lounge. That's my best advice. Because you're never going to see a nicer bathroom until you get to a hotel. So if you think there's an inkling, uh, do take advantage of that opportunity. You know, this is honest talk, and that's what we're known for here at at PW. So uh, I think that's very... the advice is exactly uh, worth what your listeners have paid for this podcast, right? <laughs> their 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 time and their ears. Yes, that's that that's true. That's true. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit though um, about the international. I mean, you know, you have two shows coming up here domestically, uh, C2E2 and Emerald City. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the international expansion because that's been really remarkable. Um, when did you when did you first start getting into the international pop culture Comic Con business? You know, it was about probably a little more than three years ago that probably more like four that the process started of just trying to understand what geek communities looked like in other parts of the world, and then trying to figure out what what they wanted, what they needed, and if we thought that we were in a position to do some things. So um, we tried something in Singapore years ago, which is still going. Um, And then our first big move was we took our video game brand packs into Australia and acquired some Comic-Con businesses there uh, about two and a half years ago, three years ago now, and it's just grown from there. Um, But it's been an education process. I mean, it's it's like a delight that kind of right now my job is running around the world meeting geeks and figuring out you know, can we build something cool for them mm-hmm. and with them? And it's it's starting to pay off. We're really seeing a lot of new things happening uh, in 2015, but then you know, a lot more in 16 we we're planning on as well. Right. I, it's kind of amazing that, I mean, you know, three or four years isn't that long a period, but you're already, uh, you know, Australia, as you mentioned, you have the Paris Comic Con, you have a Vienna event, uh, you have events in China, uh, India, you've teamed up with India as well, right? Yeah, yep, yep. We've got uh, five shows there with uh, 
a business that we uh, invested in and, and are acquiring, working with them to grow that market. And it's like, it's cool, but what's kind of like, let's take India, what's kind of fun is like, we're helping, we're not just building, sorry, we're not just serving a fan yeah. community, we're actually helping to build it. You know what I mean? It's such right, a, right. such a young and emerging marketplace. So in many cases, we're kind of teaching fans what this is all about because they don't know what a Comic-Con is. So yeah. uh, I think maybe we're opening up that market for artists and publishers and such, you know, for years down the road. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find, though, I mean, I mean, what is the, like, you know, the process like, uh, you know, finding these fan communities? I mean, you know, they've heard, it seems like everybody's heard of Comic-Con now, right? And, and it, you know, they, yeah. they kind of, do they expect it to change their life or, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's it's um it's actually not terribly different from you know how you build a, a show in the U.S., which is you know you talk and you listen and you ask questions of fans and find out what they want and then get to work trying to build it as best you can, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not dissimilar. Um, there's always obviously many many nuances of a given market. There's language barriers and such, but it's really uncovering the fandom and then what they're they're fans of, and then finding the right people that can help you do it. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously a bunch of people sitting on the you know, east coast of the United States don't know what they want in, in you know, Delhi, mm-hmm. for example, or, or Chengdu or wherever it might be. So um, then you kind of build a team of mm-hmm. people that know. Now, are the, are the, like, uh, are the guests lists that, that you'll find at these shows? I mean, do the, the local, I mean, is it like the local comics creators that they respond to? Is it international? I mean, I mean you know, who... who... It, it, it's it's a it's a mixture. I mean, what we find is, you know, we're we're not really big at read pop on the whole like celebrity paid appearance kind of stuff. You know, we have a, a bit of it, but mm-hmm. it's not really our philosophy. However, you find in these international markets, you kind of have to participate in that. So, you you know, you get a couple of sort of uh, big names, you know, whether they're 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 you know celebrity types or they're artists, and and bring them over, and that sort of sets a tone of like, oh, cool, they're sort of global pop culture content uh-huh. here um, and then you go to work on finding those local companies those local artists those local publishers toy companies and and bringing them in as well and in some markets that's easier than others like obviously you know Angoulême this week you know we know France is a uh, is a huge market for for graphic arts sure it's not as much in, in India so you you have to kind of build in different pieces of content that will delight fans Right. It's, it's a really fascinating learning process. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, you know, it does seem, I mean, I see the photos, obviously, coming in from a lot of these events. And, I mean, it does seem people love cosplay. I mean, that's really an incredible international phenomenon. It's crazy. Like, like people love to dress up like their favorite favorite characters, no matter where they are in the world. Uh, it's a to- it's kind of cool in, in a sense because it's a it's a visual medium, obviously. So it's a total universal language, you know. Right, right. Now, aren't you? You're also uh, isn't uh, Read Pop sponsoring some you know cosplay contests or is that? Well, we've 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 been really building like a global kind of network of cosplay contests, mm-hmm. and then have the finals in in Chicago at C two E two. But we've got like winners from the Austrian show, winners from the Paris show, winner from uh, the India show, and we're flying them in then to Chicago for like the big you know championship <laughs> cosplay. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Wow! So this is going to be the you know big international cosplay showdown. Um, what yeah, no, you... we're... <laughs> Go ahead. What, no, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to make some joke about the the Miss Universe pageant. No, the wrong person. Right, right, right. (laughs) 
Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit, though, about the homegrown shows. Uh, let's talk about C2E2. Now, now Lance, you know, despite your globe trotting, you are a Midwestern boy originally, correct? I am. Yes. I'm uh, from Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. Now, C2E2 is, uh, boy, what is it? Is it in its, like, seventh or eighth year now, I'm guessing? I think it's sixth year, if sixth, I remember correctly. Sixth, okay. Uh, and, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you and I... You know, we we talk we do talk quite a bit. Uh, so, you know, C2E2 has been oh, an yeah. interesting an interesting show. Uh, kind of had some some growing pains just because of Chicago itself, and uh, you know, McCormick Place is um, it's kind of a unique setup, I guess. Unique yeah. challenges. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, you know, how is that how is that show shaping up now? It's. It started to come into its own, and I think actually about two years ago, it started to really come into its own. When when we launched there, we we thought big, we built big, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a big launch, you know. And that's that's fine. It was a solid first year, but we were thinking on a different scale. And so then it was like, all right, let's let's figure out what the identity and the right size is and the right growth. And I think we're, we've gotten there in the last couple of years, where we are getting uh, a strong publisher. Uh, uh, involvement. Um, I think we've attracted a better kind of guest list of artists, um, kept it Chicago flavored, um, and it's come into its own. But it's a, it is a very different animal than obviously in New York. But, you know, there aren't that many New York Comic Cons, right, you know, right. like that have that kind of crazy growth trajectory. Um, personally, it's one of our favorite shows as a team because it's not New York Comic Con. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's not, it's not doesn't just kill you uh, and leave you, you know, basically in hibernation for a week to recover. It's a fun show. It's a great show. The Midwestern fans are a totally different type of fan than, than the New York fan base. It's just a little bit more chill. So mm-hmm. in some ways, we really look forward to it more than any other right, show. Right, right. What, what do you mean by the fans are different? You know, what, what, what's... It's 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 filled with you know Midwesterners. We're mm-hmm. the you know we're the best people. What can I say? I'm biased. <laughs> I know, but no, like there's not that same intensity, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just a there's a, a wonderful edginess about New Yorkers that that intensity. I can't think of a better word. Yeah, it's just a little bit more like a little bit more chilled out. Like we always joke, like we never get more thank yous at a show than we do at Chicago. So mm-hmm. like you'll be standing out front, you know, yelling at people basically like, go right if you have your tickets, left if you don't. And people are like, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> you know, like that's what I mean. Like, that's Midwestern, you know? Right, right. Well, I want to get back to New York Comic Con, of course. Um, it's never far from our minds. Uh, but um, <laughs> It haunts us. <laughs> yes, it does. It really does haunt our dreams. Uh, you know, one of the things about Chicago is that, um, you know, McCormick Place is like the biggest convention center of the United States. I mean, I always joke about it's vast as Guardian Halls. Uh, and <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, in uh, infrastructural things about getting there, just physically getting to the, sh- to the, the place is different. Now, I haven't been in a few years. I haven't been in two or three years. And unfortunately, we'll be able to go this year. So... Uh, so you know, are there any? I mean, have have those any of those problems like um, you know the city of Chicago? I mean, is it any better getting there now, or you know, has it eased up a bit? Or it's it's you know it's off it's off the beaten path a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Um, but there's a metro train that runs there. We mm-hmm. run a ton of shuttles. Like you can get there. It's mm-hmm. just outside of downtown, which is a deterrent to some people. But the trade-off is it's a massive, beautiful facility. It's mm-hmm. one of the nicest facilities we work in, and there's a ton of space for us to, to grow and evolve there. Mm-hmm. So you have a trade-off. It's not as great 
from a location, mm-hmm. but it's wonderful as a facility. You know? Right, right, right. Um, well, you also have uh, Emerald City Con, which you guys acquired last year. Um, so yeah. this was already a uh, mature business, as they say, and um, you know, and a hugely popular show. I mean, I think you know everybody says we're the number number three show or the number you know. There's a lot of competitors for the number three show, <laughs> but uh, Emerald City certainly is a strong competitor for the number three show. Uh, and uh, but this year is more. Uh, I got the impression that this year is more completely under the auspices of of, of Reed Pop, or it's kind of come more under the yeah, umbrella. Yeah, last year we just kind of closed the deal um, just before the show, so we were we were there hanging out. You know what I mean? Not mm. really contributing greatly. Where this year, um, you know, we, we basically hired the entire team from Emerald City, and almost all of them moved out to Connecticut to be, mm-hmm. you know, in our offices. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more integrated now to what Repop does. But, we, we, you know, when when I've known Jim, uh, Jim Nuggets, for a long time. I've known him for almost 10 years sure. as, as a friend. And so we've been talking about this for a while. And the one thing I said to Jim is like, you know, well, this is attractive to us because we want to learn from you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, my promise to Jim was like, our default position is not how can we change Emerald City? It's more like how can Emerald City change us? Right. Um, and we've really tried to take that approach to it. I mean, there's, there's realities. Like, you know, it pops a big entity, so we have scale and we have some buying power and we have some different resources. So, yeah, like we've changed some things, but we've tried very, very hard to keep what made that show so special and why why artists and publishers love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, just, uh, I mean, I'm certainly aware of this, but uh, maybe if you could explain for our listeners a little bit, like, uh, you know, Reed Pop is part of Reed Business, and uh, what has really helped you to expand into all these countries and venues is that Reed Pop itself, or excuse me, Reed itself already throws like hundreds of shows around the world, right? So, right. right. Yep. We always like Reed Exhibitions is the largest, largest trade show organizer in the world. Right. So they run business to business shows, you know, I mean like Book Expo America, but also like aircraft interiors, you know, <laughs> like they run business to business shows. So Reed Pop was created to sort of, um, be very different, right? Be a very, very different group of people with a very, very different goal, very, very different culture, but still borrow some of the resources from the mothership, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that's what's allowed us to do some of these things, um, to have um, an office in China already, and all we have to do is is find and recruit geeks to build the read pop team, right? right? That gives us a huge advantage sure. just starting from nothing, you know? Right. And it also shows we're actually reflective of that local community, not sort of, you know, carpetbaggers right. from the U.S. Right. coming in, right. you know? Right, yeah. I mean, we've definitely seen a lot when, of that. <laughs> yes, we have. And look, that's when we get it right. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a big bureaucratic organization and I have a lot of headaches and crap to deal with. But when we get it right, we're a small entrepreneurial group of geeks that have the backing and the resources of a much bigger company. You know? Right, right. Now, in a recent interview with ICV2, uh, you talked about the convention business and um, you know, every time I see you, we talk about this. Uh, I mean, there are like probably thousands of comics, Comic Con. They call them Comic Cons when they have nothing to do with comics. Okay, this is like, I, but I but we I know. know, but you know, if they're called Comic Cons, so we got to just kind of get down, uh, do that. Uh, and there's many more players getting in. I mean, there are 
uh, you know, people trying to get into this space and, and you know, announcing right. slates of a dozen shows that never even happen. And you suggested <laughs> that, and, you know, I write about this on my site all the time of con fatigue. And uh, you suggested that the fatigue might not be so much among the audience, uh, but among the exhibitors and guests. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Yeah. I, I think that there's a fan. I mean, there's a fan desire for a show every weekend mm-hmm. but there's only so many shows these these brands these publishers need let alone can do and only mm-hmm. so many shows that you know guests can do so what is the content you know that's going to kind of wow people that's where you get you get some limitations you know of how many shows can exist but there's also like different types of shows right i mean mm-hmm. i said we're not into the celebrity paid experience but you know what a lot of people like that so those shows are proliferating but we're more interested in well-rounded shows that have comics at the center and publishers and and video games and toys and film and tv Mm. there's only so many shows like that that are needed in a given market right do you think though that i mean i'm certainly hearing this from some of my friends who are you know creators and uh, you know, they get invited to two or three shows a weekend and, you know, they can't possibly, I mean, some people are road warriors and, and actually go to shows for a living, you know, selling their artwork or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot more people just kind of making hard decisions now uh, about right. where they're going to, uh, you know, spend their time. I mean, uh, how do you, you know, see this playing out over the next year, a couple of years? I, I think that, you know, I think the rise of people asking for fees and artists where in the past they haven't, that will certainly start to happen. But I also think it's, it comes back to like, how good is your show? Mm-hmm. You know, is it actually delivering what the artist wants? And if, you know, if they just want to connect with fans, that's a pretty low bar. I mean, a simple one to cross, but if mm-hmm. it's like they want media coverage, they want to make a ton of cash. They want to make deals with other, you know, publishers while they're there. Then the bar starts to raise. So it starts with just how good is your show, mm-hmm. you know, and how good are you at running them and how, what's your resources to make them great um, is, it starts to become a factor. But then also it's the personal mm-hmm. side of it. Like, right. you know, part of the reason Jim did so well is because everybody loves Jim. Yes. They love it in Emerald City because yes. it's Jim's show. So, like, do you have people that get it on your team that are likable? And people make personal decisions. Do mm-hmm. I want to go to that guy's show? Um, and then I think it's important to have, it's, it sounds stupid, but it's customer service, it's personal relationships, right. it's being relevant in the community you're trying to serve, you know? And those things are tough to buy, you know what I mean? Mm. Those are built. Right, right. Um, well, you know, talk about, you know, passionate intensity. Uh, you know, New York Comic Con. Uh <laughs> We love it, yet we fear it. I mean, that's just universal. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone is uh, really like, like, uh, you know, you talk about, is it a great show? I mean, nobody's just like, oh, I can't wait to go to New York Comic Con because I'm going to have the best, <laughs> most funnest time. You know, it's going to be a pleasure. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a grueling ordeal sometimes. <laughs> Us, us included. Trust oh, me, the oh, people oh. that run it don't, don't look forward to it sometimes either. So. Yeah. Now, there has been a lot of talk recently about uh, the Javits Center and, you know, the governor of New York State, Cuomo, has uh, floated this idea for expanding the convention center. And uh, obviously, there's huge development on the west side. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, is huge. there? Yeah. Now, what? I mean, how do you plan for that? I mean, what are some of the ramifications that all of this is going to have on our con? 
Well, first of all, we, we, we were supportive. Uh-huh. We hope it happens because we'd love to grow. It does mean more pain because that means construction that we've been through before. Um, but this is, again, where it's helpful to be a part of a larger organization because we're in conversations at a governmental level so that we assure that our views are heard and Uh considered before plans are made um, because we're a big customer of the Javits Center and and so is, you know, the company as a whole. So it's, it's helpful to assure that we're kind of at the table a bit and as much as we can be so that we make sure whatever they do is going to be good for our, our customers, you know? Um, but I hope it happens. I do. It would, I mean, I, again, the pain of the actual uh, construction would be horrible, but it would right. be great to have a better venue to have, think about those meeting rooms downstairs, Heidi, like, oh, it's I know. I know. like a big part of their plan is massive meeting rooms and ballroom space that we could take advantage of and, and build bigger theaters and have more like, humane <laughs> yeah well i i mean you use the word humane but um you know the 70s and the, the 60s and 70s were a dark time in new york city unfortunately <laughs> and the and the public the public architecture shows that you know when you see places totally like Penn, yeah. i was like you see penn station and and oh, the javits yeah. and and even to some extent lincoln center you know i mean these are places yeah. that were built and uh, I mean, Javits especially it is so yeah. unpleasant, and you know, yeah. like what were they it, thinking? I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, they... I, I always say it's it is the best convention center on the island of Manhattan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know you have to jump on a plane in like five minutes, so uh, or two minutes perhaps. But what um, no, more? Yeah. Uh, well, let's. You know, what about what can you tell us about special edition this year? You know. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting. Um, we're trying to figure out where and when is the best place to do it. Um, and, and I'll tell you, we're looking at uh, markets outside of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that really true, pure, comic-focused event will fit. And we're just having a hard time finding the right place in the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll also say this. Like, we're kind of, you know, germane to our previous conversation about how many shows does, does the market need we're not going to run it if there isn't a need and a desire from the community. So mm-hmm. if we don't find the right time, the right place that, you know, our customers and fans want, we're not going to force it in anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're still looking. We're still working at it. Right, right. I mean, do you see, do you, do you foresee, though, I mean, uh, you know, the, the audience for, for this kind of comics-only show is, uh, is out there? I do. I absolutely think there is that, that audience out there. Um, it's just a question if we can make it work. Mm-hmm. And thank you. You know, there's a big, you know, finding an open weekend anymore in the, in America for a con, pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we always try and be thoughtful about, you know, what else is happening before we choose an event as best we can. Um, so again, I think there is an audience. If we can make it work and connect with that audience at the right time in the right place in the right way, we'll do it. If not, we'll shelve it and do it another time, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Clearly you... we have enough, we have a lot going on, so we're not short of things to keep. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for sure. Now, you also just announced a, a Star Trek convention. Yeah, yeah, speaking of more to do, huh? Yeah, right? Uh, so what, 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 this is like a big 50th anniversary show? It is, it is, and it's kind of in the spirit of the, you know, the relationship we have with Lucasfilm. And, and the Star Wars celebration event that we've done. But, you know, if you look back, you know, the the sort of Star Trek brand and that fan community kind of started what a fan convention looks like, exactly. you know, 45 years ago. In some ways, it's kind of like back to the beginning. Um, 
and, and building, uh, we hope, a really cool, massive um, celebration of 50 years of Star Trek and looking forward to Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, it is, it is amazing kind of to look at this whole trajectory of, uh, I mean, when you announced the show, I wrote a little bit about it and, you know, people like Star Trek conventions obviously used to have such a, you know, reputation that they, um, you know, they, they influenced at least one classic movie comedy, uh, Galaxy Quest. And, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I mean, did you ever imagine this sort of thing, Lance? I mean, I know when you took over running your Comic-Con, you know, that was just one headache. So, I mean, did you ever, like, see that this might be the direction that you were, you were, you were going to go in? <laughs> this is what I would be doing for a living for a yeah. long time. Um, it's always so easy to look back and be like, of course, absolutely. The plan was all there, but, like, no. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, Greg Topalian, and, and he's sure. my best friend in the world, you know, when we teamed up and started working together on New York Comic-Con and Anime Festival, um, you know, we then walked into Lucasfilm and landed that business. We were in the process of doing the deal with Penny Arcade, and it was just, like, obvious that um, we were on to something, you know, by accident, mm-hmm. but so right. what. And um, I, I think what it became was if we didn't define what we wanted to be and who we were, we'd end up being something we didn't want to be. And that's mm-hmm. really where we pop and, and our cultural tenants and, and what we believe in and the brand and, and our hiring practices all emerged. And then it became clear, like, if we could just stick to this, if we can just have the right people that are allowed to do great work and we can tap into the resources of that big organization, this could really go somewhere. Uh Um, So in that sense, you know, vaguely, yeah. (laughs) But certainly I didn't think I'd be flying 300,000 miles a year around the world, you know, (laughs) talking to geeks in in Russia and China and India. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think any of us would. I mean, this might have been the kind of thing where if you were just, you know, drifting off to sleep and you were allowing your, I mean, myself included, you know, just to fantasize, you know, I mean, Torsten, our, our, our good friend Torsten. Uh, who writes quite a bit about our shows, and he oh, yeah. he writes like um, quite a few fanciful things. I mean, he just Torsten yeah, just sits yeah, there yeah. and imagines things. And then this, you know, I will say, I would say well, Torsten might have imagined all this, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. But you know, you've been there since the beginning. I mean, yeah, you you've been with us and, and advising us and helping us like from the very beginning. Did you ever see it? <laughs> I'll ask you. Well, you're, you know, you're, you're listen. Well, I mean, I saw the growth in com in San Diego, and uh, no, I yeah. mean, no, I'm with you. I, I would I imagine that you know people would be having companies that would be going to Russia and saying sure, or, you know, China, and like sure, let's put on a Comic Con. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that might have been my my drifting off to sleep like blue sky fantasy, you know, yeah. uh, like, and then I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I look. I, I'll tell you this: I always knew it would be more mainstream. I knew that there was something yeah. there that would connect with people who weren't sitting with their, you know. And I mean, not to put it down, because I am this person, you know, with their checklists of their comics and you know the <laughs> hardcore. Uh, you know, I always, I always knew that there was there was an element that would that could uh, appeal to a far wider audience. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised. But uh, maybe I'm a little surprised about how big it's gotten. All right, I have one last question yeah. for you, and then I'm going to let you get on your yeah. plane. So, 
Um, actually, you just mentioned, and you know, there are have been some some events that that uh, came and and went, uh, and one of them was the New York <laughs> Anime Festival, which has kind of been yeah. folded into New York Comic Con now. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's a really robust presence of of uh, anime and manga fans there. Um, and manga is definitely having a, a comeback, and uh, in the United States and worldwide, actually. I mean, would you do you think you'd ever revisit that kind of event, or you know, fold it totally. more in? Yes, <laughs> totally. And I mean, for a few reasons. Like, one, as New York Comic Con is going to grow outside the building, right? And right. And we have to start taking over more of the city. It opens up opportunities for sort of, you know, satellite events mm-hmm. that, um, and in a format that maybe fits that that sort of category better. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. like there still aren't massive, you know, publishers or that would exhibit in huge spaces for an anime show. But if you had a different physical kind of structure format that you could then cater to those really awesome fans. Mm-hmm. And that opportunity opens up with, with something like, you know, New York Comic Con getting outside of the Javits Center and spreading across the city. But the other thing is like, you know, the reason, you know, it's coming back, you know, the anime specifically, sure. is that, you know, they, they, the format's gotten corrected. You know what right. I mean? The whole idea of, you know, subbing and dubbing and putting out DVDs died, you know, mm-hmm. in 2009, and that's when the industry really got hurt. Well, there's players out there now, like Crunchyroll, that are they're a massive, mm-hmm. massive media site, you right. know? And right. so what kind of role do they have in creating a live event for a fan community. Like, you know, there's there's lots of neat and interesting ideas, and I continue to be really high on that space because of the otaku. The fans are just so strong, you know? Right, right. That well, was I, a long answer, the short answer? No, totally, I mean, yeah. that's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to think of just... I mean, I certainly noticed it, and, and uh, you know, Deb Aoki, who writes about manga, anime extensively, mm-hmm. where and I were talking about it and at New Year Comic Con last year, and just that... You know, Attack on Titan certainly was, you know, the leader. Yeah. Uh, but um, and and uh, and you had Na- Na- Naruto, the the Naruto creator there, which is huge, obviously. Huge, yep. Yeah, I mean that was like you know all time great. But um, I, you know, it was obvious that this was a really vital and and growing part of the business. And uh, yeah, you know, if I was running shows, I would be thinking about that too. So <laughs> that's totally. the, so, the short answer. So, yeah. My own. I'm choice. glad we're on the uh, on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, well, Lance, I, you're 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 ready to put out a fire. I know. So, uh, you know, on your international man of mystery, and um, always uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, and but next time we are going to do travel tips. Okay, we're going to do a whole podcast oh, will, just have, about travel tips. <laughs> I have tons of them, uh, and I would be happy to share my secrets with you. And it's only fitting that I'm ensconced in an airplane right now as, as we do this. But but seriously, Heidi, like it's always fun to talk to you. And I, it's funny we've known each other for almost nine years I now. Know, you know. have been there since the beginning oh, of whatever yeah. this little adventure is. So uh, I would love to uh, to I always love chatting to you. Yeah. Anytime, oh, well, there's something recording us or not. So. Oh, well, the feeling is mutual. And as we always like to say, there's more to come. There is. Cool. Thanks for having me. <laughs>